Good afternoon and welcome to the Matt Townsend Show here on BYU Radio. No, I'm not Matt Townsend, not by any means, nor would I ever claim to be the Matt Townsend. I'm Sean O'Neill. I am the producer of the Matt Townsend Show. A little bit of a scheduling conflict today has got Matt running just a little bit late, and so he is on his way. He will be here shortly to take over the reins, so to speak. But to, to get things going, we did bring in a guest today to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Ethel Merman. Hey, I'm Ethel Merman. We're starting off the show, as we always do, with Matt Townsend coming in later. He's your guide on the side, giving you a leg up on this crazy thing called life. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. I think we fooled them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool Big beat Matt is yes. here. <laughs> nice job, James. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Matt didn't turn around and... and, uh, and He's probably, you know, like, not coming in, in today. Car. They don't need He's me. not coming in now, yeah. <laughs> Matt, we've learned all your tricks. <laughs> Thank you very much, James, for that wonderful introduction. But, yes, this is the Matt Townsend Show. We are going to continue on without Matt, at least for the first segment here today. Uh, but we're we're going to talk a little bit about dealing with difficult people today. Dealing with hmm. people who... Matt's not showing up. Dealing with difficult people. Makes sense. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no. Matt's not a difficult person. Of course I not. Hope he's listening. Come on. Just kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny, though, this morning to get a call and, and uh, get informed <laughs> that uh, Matt would be a little bit late for the show. And At least it was this morning. It wasn't like five minutes true. before yeah, the show. It wasn't five minutes that before be the show That would crazy. Started. We knew what was going on, but we do have a full, full show for you today. We're going to be talking about... About the different types of uh, difficult people. Kim Giles will be coming in a little bit later today to talk a little bit about that. Um, we're also going to talk with uh, Professor Preston Nee, who deals with communications and uh, difficult people and how to deal with them. He's coming up uh, in just a little bit here on the show. But right now, we want to talk with uh, Jess and Mike. Now, you both um, have had an uh, interesting career. Well, Jessica, you're you're about to graduate, so your career is kind of just starting, uh-huh. isn't it? Yeah. But you've had different jobs as you've gone through the College, ranks. College, you get the, like, worst jobs ever. Mm-hmm. Mike? <laughs> the, like, part-time. As a high school one. student, I uh, moonlighted as a telemarketer. Oh, really? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so In high school. The glorious life of the telemarketer. Were you ever on the phone as a job, Jessica? Yeah, I did customer service for a... Um, television provider. Yeah, so. I, I did the same thing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's not always fun. No. Now, my wife does reservations for an airline. Oh, okay, yeah. She that does it from home, so she's on the phone. People. Yeah, but Airlines somehow like, she can do it. Yeah, recipe for disaster, because that's like people are traveling, they want everything to oh, go well, and mm-hmm. customer service is when it's not going well. So. No. And, and I mean, especially if you've got a flight that's just been canceled yeah, and or you is have delayed. Plans, it's the worst. The worst is when... <laughs> she always tells me these stories, and I kind I kind of half listen every once in a while. And... Um, <laughs> we don't don't tell matt that by the way um but uh she tells me these stories about people i mean they're they're at an airport but their flight has been canceled or it's delayed because of weather but the weather at their airport is perfect right you know it's sunny and and there's no clouds that's horrible but 
the reason is, though, the, the plane that has to get there to take them someplace, there's a weather-related incident going on at the airport that that plane is at. It's a huge domino It is. There, yeah. There's so much to co- that connects together. Mm-hmm. And uh, But... You guys have put together some stories about uh, dealing with people on the phones, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. If you've ever worked in customer service, you can relate to this. Um, So I'm going to have James play this um, very, very, very common incident that I think everybody has dealt with. Supervisor Morris, thank you for waiting. How may I help you? This is Morris. This is Mark. Mark. Yes. Oi, it's a brook. Because I thought that that was going to connect me to Hamad Habrecher. No, sir. It's the supervisor. Supervisor? Yes. This means you're the best supervisor? (laughs) Yes. No, because you understand my joke? Supervisor, so maybe you have a cape that makes you a supervisor. (laughs) That could be it. How can I help you, though, sir? Uh, I was looking for the number for my friend, Chaimot Brecher. How are you you spelling his last name, anyway? Uh, Brecher, B-R-E-H-E-R. That's B-R-E. B-R-E-B-R-E. S as in Sam? No, Ech as in Brecher. Uh, C-K-E-R? Or? Brecher, no, Brecher. Okay, B-R-E. What's the next letter? Ech. Ech's like, what, xylophone? No. You know Salomonoch? I can't understand what you're saying. You said B-R-E. What's the next letter, though? Ech. B-R-E. Ech, Ech, E-R. R. Okay, I don't, after the E, I, I don't understand the letter after the E. Okay, maybe I should give for you a sentence, a different sentence. What's the word? What's the word that it begins with? I oh, so I, maybe I, if I give you a sentence with this sound also, maybe you know what I... Right? Okay, so I, need to know, I need to know how you're spelling the word, though. I apologize. I no, really, no, this is very... Yeah, this is very it's B-R-E. What's the, le- what's, the, what's the word that begins with the letter? Okay, so I make for you a sentence no, with the same sound. No, 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 no. Just oh. what, what's a letter that begins after, with the word after the E? Ah, Hamotre starts with the same letter. What's that? Hamotre and Brecher also the same letter. H? Hamot- what? Are you saying H? No, Hamotre. Oh my gosh. Hamotre is like this. <laughs> Uh, see, okay, so the thing about that is that you, it's so hard to understand them, like, s- spelling names is the worst, and you usually have to look up their information somehow, mm-hmm. and so it was like, I mean, it's not even, it's it's just that there's a lot of weird spellings, and <laughs> and you give, this guy was really nice, but... It gets really frustrating yeah. as far as like people can get really angry. Yeah, they get angry. You're yes. angry, and you're just like, ah, "How what? are we going to get past this?" I know my wife. Um, the the airline that she works for, they have asked them that if people call in and and want assistance with their website on on and booking their own tickets on the website, they they're there to do that as well. So she will have folks who are elderly who don't know how to use the internet, right? Trying yeah, to book that their tickets. All the time. <laughs> On the internet, and she has to, and 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 uh, she had a friend actually who said, um, uh, "Oh, what did they? Oh, now I can't remember the story. Darn it!" She uh, they said, um, "So so leave leave that page and and go here." And so they got up and left the room. <laughs> oh my god! And then came back into the room. That's so funny. So that's it unreal. Was, it was. They yeah. also, I, I find it happens a lot that a lot of the older generation don't want to put their personal information. Yeah, they're afraid to give yes. it out. Yeah, yes. which is totally understandable because I, I mean, but when they're calling the customer service of the 
company that already has all their information, you're like, our website is just like us. We are just like yes. you. We have your information. It's just, and they're like, well, why don't you put it in for me? <laughs> and I'm like, what's yes. the difference of me putting it in or you putting it in? <laughs> it's illegal for me to put it in. Anyways, That's correct. It's so funny. Um, another thing that came up a lot that I. I, it was so hard to keep my cool, but your that's like your job is to keep your cool. Um, another thing was they won't stop talking. They're mad, and you're like, I know how to fix your problem. Just stop talking so mm-hmm. I can tell you because they just are like, and then this and your company, and you're just like, oh. I'll, as soon as they stop, I'll tell them, and it'll be over in five minutes, but you have to listen. Um, another thing was they – they call in with technical problems. You're the customer service. You don't know anything about it, but you're like, okay, well, what's the problem? Because a lot of the time they'd be so mad because it wasn't plugged in. And that's like the first question we'd always ask them is like, is it plugged in? And they're like, of course it's plugged in. And then in that, the end, it's always, not plugged in. That's always <laughs> the first question of tech support. Yeah. Is it plugged in? Yeah. And they th- they know that. And so they're like, yes, it's plugged in. And it's yeah. usually oh, not. Gosh. And they just don't even. Everyone just automatically says, yes, yeah. of course it's plugged <laughs> in. Do you think I'm stupid? Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually check it. Check it. I know. Like, go and double check just for me. Okay, we're going to reset your machine. Go ahead and unplug it. Yeah. Uh, it's unplugged already. <laughs> and well. then and then another thing is that they don't read their contract. So they're like, I signed up for all of these. And you're like, well, I'm looking at your contract and you didn't. So I don't know how to help you. That was so frustrating because I couldn't, I couldn't help them because they signed the contract, but they get so mad. So those are some of the things that I was just like... Ah. <laughs> I'd get so frustrated. It was I know it was an eye opener to me when I worked at uh, customer service for a, a tele- television provider because people would call in and ask, "Why isn't my television working? Why isn't this Why don't I see any programming?" Well, sir, you haven't paid your bill in 3 months. Yeah. I, that doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm not seeing my television. Yep. You turned it off. Why did you, um, Yeah. So. And it's always your fault. And then also yes. like people would be like um, they'd be so mad and I'd be asking them all these questions of what's wrong, what's wrong. And then in the end, they just want to know the channel for some baseball game. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> all of that. And and then it's not even my job to know the whole, like, directory for all of the channels. But Well, it, it can be tough to deal with folks on the phone. Do you find it much easier to deal with people on a face-to-face basis? Would that be easier in that sense? Um, yeah, but, I mean, a lot of the time, I think that's probably the biggest problem is that they, they don't see you. And so they're mm-hmm. just, like, talking to themselves, kind of. And so they feel like they can talk for a lot longer, whereas if they could see your body language, they'd probably see that yeah. you get you get what they're saying that you understand, but they don't think you understand over the phone. I know my wife would prefer to be on the phone. She said she would she would not. Uh, you know how you oh, have yeah, you have probably are really you have mad. airline representatives at the airport mm-hmm. uh, working at the gate and stuff like that. They they work a lot the same the same things that the agents do on the phone, but. She said she couldn't do that at, at the airport. She just she just couldn't have an irate person standing in front yeah, of her at the well, airport. There's, doing there's that. a safety in not being there in is. the same vis- physical vicinity as somebody. That is, yeah, that, is, that is very <laughs> very true. Although they've gone through security at the airport, so you know that's <laughs> they're not going to pull anything on you. Can't take out these guns, though. Well, your your fists are. Oh, you still have a anywhere. desk between you. and <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not a very big desk, though. But yeah. So, um, well, we're going to be talking with uh, Professor Preston Nee here in just a minute. He's from Foothill College out in California, in uh, just south of San Francisco, actually. My dad actually got his associate's degree at that college. Ooh. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny when I found out that he was there. But this is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to be talking about dealing with difficult people, and we'll see if we can deal with Matt coming up here in a moment. 
We'll be back. Hey, you know what? I have an idea. Why don't you leave right now? Why don't you walk away from the room? Okay? <laughs> oh, yes. Difficult people. Jeez. Is Michael from The Office a difficult person? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. 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 Oh, come on. Oh, no, he's not. Come wow, on. Wow, you are a Michael Scott a advocate? <laughs> well, there's at least two of us, I guess. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show here on BYU Radio. I'm Sean O'Neill. Matt's still on his way in, uh, maybe being a little difficult today. Of all the Actually, days just, that you decided not to come in, <laughs> this is the day we're talking about difficult people. It's just funny. It's Perfect. irony. Being joined okay. by uh, Merritt Meekum right now. Yes. Thanks I'm for joining. coming in. Well, yeah. I'm, Since it's your last show. We're... It is my last show. <laughs> For a few months at least. Yeah, yeah. Merritt will be back in September, but you have an internship. I have an right? internship in you're, the you're going to Los Angeles? city of L.A. Malibu? Is that yeah. what I heard? Go hang out uh, Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Go hang out in the Hollywood area, you know. Yeah. Western. On the beach? I plan on being on the beach <laughs> okay. every waking moment, hmm. every possible time I could be on the beach. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that kind of goes right into my list here that we have, actually, of... Um, Ten types of toxic people. Oh, are you are you starting me off as number one? Is that mm, a little bit? Yeah, that you're uh-huh. making? just a little bit. Uh. <laughs> but um, these are kinds of people you may want to avoid. Uh, number one, and, oh, let me let me just uh, let me just state that this article was written by Paul Hudson. These are this is not my list. I can't claim this unfortunately because I think it's a great list. Uh, but Paul Hudson uh, from uh, EliteDaily.com he wrote this back in January. I just happened to find it when we decided we were going to talk about difficult people. And so number one is the show-offs. These are people who are compensating for something, trying to prove their worth to them to themselves. I really mm-hmm. don't think you're like this, Merritt. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, but they're showing and trying to make other people envious. And I mean, really, that's just a waste of time. Yeah. What's interesting is that I think when people do show off, you're always aware that they're not really showing off to make you jealous. There's mm-hmm. You're so aware of the fact that they're showing off because they feel uncomfortable about something themselves. Exactly. This is kind of the the, the uh, I'm I'm putting this under the midlife crisis kind of person, the guy that, <laughs> the guy that buys the car. Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. And it's it, why are you why are you why are you showing people these grandiose things to mm-hmm. make yourself feel better? That just just seems wrong. Definitely, artists tend to do this a lot too mm-hmm. because um, art in all its forms is really very heavily. Integrated showy. with, yeah, it, well, it's not only showy, but it's also just something where you have to share so much of yourself and be so vulnerable. It's very uncomfortable and you never really feel confident about it no matter what. Yeah. And so I think you get a lot of various show off artists, but it's because basically every artist is has but, some, you know, but to be esteem. A, to be an artist, you have to have a l- at least a little bit of ego. You have, oh, to, yeah, you have definitely. to want to be able to put your stuff <laughs> you out have there. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, number two on this list is the unintelligent. Now, this is not, you know, somebody who is just not smart. We're talking about people who are dumb due to an immense ego. Yeah. Or I would even say, um, can I add another category sure. to that? 
people who will play them in order oh, you to, mm-hmm. you know, fit in better in a social situation or mm-hmm. flirt or something like that. Yeah. The the girl who plays the, dumb, the yeah. dumb blonde on a mm-hmm. date sort of thing. Yeah. not And she might not even be blonde. No. So. But she'll play it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, well, voluntary ignorance. Yes. Or some sort of self-righteousness causes you to all of a sudden not recall facts and other things. Or I'd even say just like a lack of self-awareness, like just Mm -hmm. the fact that you're maybe being unobservant. You're caught up in something else. So you're not, you know, paying attention to what's painfully obvious. Right. Or people that repeat the same mistake over and over again and don't learn from the mistake. That's so hard to watch. Yeah. Right. And then number three uh, on this list is the leeches. Yeah. Yeah. In in roommate land, this is the worst. (laughs) I I know. You guys, all of you college guys here are... You you are so aware of the leeches. Oh heavens, yes, and and you know who they are. Mm-hmm. They're very easy to spot. <laughs> Can I borrow your milk again yeah. for the seventh time this week? <laughs> I promise I'm going to get I'm my own. Get some, mm-hmm. and then you can use some of mine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so the, uh, Paul Hudson, when he talks about this list, he's not talking about somebody who, you know, you have friends who might need help. Oh yeah, that's totally sure. acceptable. And, and you help them out. You know, maybe it's money, maybe it's a ride somewhere or something like that. But when somebody gets so comfortable in this position and they're making very little to no effort whatsoever to improve their financial situation, Mm -hmm. that's when you're becoming a leech. Definitely. I feel like also when they feel entitled to it, you know, when when there's one point where, you know – you, you, they feel like you are helping them and it's great and everything. But when you, when you reach that point when the person feels entitled, like you have to be giving me the milk because I need milk and exactly. you have milk. Well, they, they're expecting it from you. Exactly. It's like kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They expect so much out of so me much. as a kids. parent, I swear. They're so lazy. No. Well, that's the next one. <laughs> The lazy people, uh, and and Paul Hudson de- claims that laziness is a disease in this in this article. He says, <laughs> yeah. it, and it's highly contagious. Lazy people make other people lazy. Yeah, well, I always feel if I see somebody being lazy, I just all of a sudden I feel completely uninclined to do any work myself. I'm like, well, if they're not doing, if they're anything, not, doing yeah, it, yeah, it feels like it gives I'm you permission. Do you know, either. I do that when I see my kids sitting on the couch. <laughs> I, I seriously, I do. I think. Why? How come they get to sit there? I can sit. It's my couch. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like all these types are just describing children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh. No, no, they're not describing children. <laughs> now, number five, I thought was kind of the jewel of this <laughs> list. Anyone who lives by this, and by the way, this is a list of the 10 types of toxic people that you really want to avoid. And number five is anyone who lives by the saying YOLO. <laughs> just just YOLO, <laughs> which if you don't know what YOLO is, it's you only live once. Now, this is, this is not correct. Yes, you do only live once. That is a true statement. But that means make the most of your life. That doesn't mean go out and do things like Justin Bieber, like Miley Cyrus. You know, it, it's just, don't waste your life. Do something valuable with well, it. Well, I think that it's it's misinterpreted. I think the YOLO should be viewed in an entirely different light. Like, for example, like I got in the car, buckled my seatbelt, YOLO. <laughs> That's right. No, exactly. I'm going to just start instigating that. I'll just <laughs> constantly use that version of YOLO. Brush my teeth before I went to bed. Now, YOLO. I'm wondering, <laughs> this next one on the list, I'm wondering if we can put Matt into this category. 
Uh, the big talkers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the guys or the people who spend their time running their mouths, but they spend little time doing anything else. I know Matt does a ton of other stuff, so that's, I guess he's not on that one. Um, and then number seven, we're, gonna, we're running out, out of time a little bit. The constantly depressed. These are people who act like they do. It's not an actual chemical imbalance. They yeah. act that way. They're always feeling bad it, for themselves. My stress is better than your stress. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're complaining about their life all the time. Then you have those who are the non-dreamers. You know, in this one, I totally have a beef with that. Really? Reach the, yeah. Reach for the stars. They land on the moon. Yeah. If you don't dream about something great to happen, exactly. be the little black rain cloud for but life. But why do you have to bring everybody... Don't bring everybody else down if you don't have a dream. Exactly. Find a dream. Yeah. Find something to believe in. And then you have the non-believers. These are those who don't dream. They're, well, they're worse than the people who don't dream. They don't believe that they can turn their dreams into anything, into any sort of reality. Yeah. So... That's the list. Paul Hudson from uh, EliteDaily.com of the 10 toxic people to avoid. Well, I will now be avoiding those. The, all of those? Yeah. Okay. Do you want, I might the, have do you to want this list? This work area permanently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe for the summer, though. Well, Matt is here. He is going to take to the microphone here in just a moment, and we will be talking with Preston Nee uh, about dealing with difficult people, dealing with these 10 types of people we just talked about. More coming up here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, 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 Dr. Matt Townsend here. I have been uh, running for hours. Anyway, weird, but hey, great job, you guys. It's interesting to actually listen to you while I'm driving and know that you are live. <laughs> well, uh, we're not dead. Let me just give a few comments. Ethel Merman, <laughs> we got to stop that. No, it's fantastic, horrible. wasn't it? <laughs> no, that was great. That was fantastic. I didn't think anyone would do Ethel without me here, even though James does the best Ethel. Of course. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, great topic. Great job, Sean. Thank you. Like, now I'm sitting there thinking, I don't, I could come in late you're to every gonna, show. You're going to phone it in now? Phone it. I'm going to phone it in now. It's interesting. This is, so I was at a speech, but my, the people that booked me, they underestimated how long it would take me to get from A to Z, and I don't know. I think they just missed the wrong, I think they didn't know what cities I'd be in. But I'm here. This is good. This is one of my favorite topics. And to have a pro like Preston Nee uh, coming on with us right now, it's. I, I think we're going to learn a lot. And again, I didn't like the. I don't know what you'd call it. You. Everyone was kind of inferring that I'm because we're talking about difficult people. That that's maybe why I wasn't here. I don't know. Is it- it's well, just, it's just a coincidence. Talk I'm about sure. that for a minute, everyone. James. Everyone mentioned that this has never ever happened Ever. before. It's, by the way, it has never happened in like my seven years of radio. And then the one day today. we're talking about difficult people, I know it happens. It's, I find it ironic. <laughs> it's super ironic. It's uh, it's sad, is what it is. Anyway, let's get to the pros because they're going to walk us. Through. So everybody out there in listener land, you've had somebody that was so difficult, you know, that just doesn't get a how great you are because you're a, you're incredible. They don't get that, but there's some that just, you know, they just, they miss some social communication. They're picking, they're missing the nuance of, 
you know, I'm in a hurry. When I was leaving this speech, I, we were telling everybody, even the people at the speech were saying, you know, Matt's going to have to run. He's got to go do a show right now. So he's just going to run right out here. So don't be offended by that. I still had people that followed me to my car just because he just had to ask one more question. I was in my car, backing out, window down, talking to him. And he's still like, "One, can I just ask you one more thing? And I drove over him. Um, Anyway, some people, we, you know, we struggle with those people that just aren't picking it up. So we've asked uh, Dr. Uh, or Preston Nee is joining us. He is a, he has a master's degree uh, in um, science and business administration. He also is a professor, a coach, a trainer, and has designed many courses in the area of personal effectiveness, professional communication, cross-cultural understanding, and organizational change. With his master's degree, he's also, as, as they were mentioning in the last break, he's a tenured faculty uh, member of the Department of Communication Studies at Foothill College in Silicon Valley, California. And he also holds a certificate in management development from the program at Harvard University and is a 2012 fellow of the Stanford University Human Rights Education Initiative. You can find more about uh, Preston Nee. His last name, by the way, Nee, N-I. Go to his website at kneepreston.com, N-I-Preston.com. Preston, uh, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. It's good to be on the show. Good to be on the show. Good to have made it. And be able to talk to you, Preston. You made it. I know. It's barely made it. But you know what? Honestly, this is one of my favorite topics because – and that's that's what I just spent an hour and 10 minutes speaking to a big group of people about is how you handle the difficult people. It seems to be the big test of human relationships. It's easy to love people that are easy, right? But it's hard Certainly. to love the people that are difficult. Right. That's the true test, isn't it? Yeah. Talk yeah. about Talk about your background in this. Uh, because it seems like if all of us could go study as deeply as you did, we, we'd all be better off. But in, and maybe we just have to learn from what you've learned. Well, you know, I think being a communicator, most of us are not born you know, brilliant communicators. Um, it's, it's like any other skill that we learn. If you, if you learn uh, a sport uh, with a um, with good coach, you become a, a good athlete, hopefully. Right. Uh, if, you, if you spend time focusing on communication skills, and hopefully with good instructors, good coaches, uh, there's a good chance that you'll become uh, a, a very effective communicator. So that's what I've done for the past 20-plus years is to focus uh, in the areas of interpersonal and professional communication so that hopefully I can um, be an effective communicator in my own life, yeah. professionally and personally, and help people as much as possible to improve their communication as well. It seems like communication is something we all assume we know, we all assume we get it, and in reality, we don't seem to actually know the actual skills or nuances. It's, it's something that it seems like most of us are winging. Right, exactly. That's because very few of us actually take any formal training right. in communication. We, we uh, don't teach communication courses in most high schools. Uh, in many colleges, it's, it's not a required course. Right. Um, so you know, there are certain courses that I've always thought, as a, as, a, as, a, as a teacher, I always thought that there are certain courses we should make uh, mandatory in, in schools at various levels, mm-hmm, including totally. communication, uh, at some point parenting skills, yeah. uh, financial management skills, yeah. so that we can avoid a lot of um, bad mistakes simply because no, no one has told us how to get it right. Well, and then this person, so let's just say the person that hasn't learned it, the person whose parents weren't strong in it or who never really got into it, I guess they then take on a title of a difficult person. 
right? The difficult right, individual. Communicator. And a lot of times it's simply because of bad habits. You know, I don't think any, I don't think most people go out of their way to be yeah, difficult right. or right. intend to be difficult. I think many people have good intentions. Um, however, uh, between um, between emotional distress and poor communication skills, a lot of times good intentions turn out to be rather dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where communication, that's where effective, strong communication skills can come in to repair uh, and maintain relationships while solving problems. Yeah. You know, it sounds like, um, Preston, that we're getting some weird feedback on your phone. So I'm wondering if you're, you're either at the beach. Uh, yeah, I hear the feedback too. <laughs> do, you, do you hear it? Okay. Is there... Is yeah, there... My line seems to be okay on okay. my end. Can what we'll you do too. Okay? Yeah, I can hear you, and it sounds a lot better now. We'll, if it, if it, if we have problems with it, we can we'll call you back during the break. Okay. But um, here's here's something I, I think you're, you're really getting into, and a lot of times the difficult person, they don't actually maybe no one's setting out to be difficult. Right. Most of us. No. Right. Most I mean. People. I mean. But yeah. there are some people that are just difficult and they want to be. But it also seems like they also lack kind of the basic nuance of getting it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so in a weird way, they wouldn't be able to know they're difficult anyway because they're not even picking up on the basics of the skills anyway. So what what advice, like just right up front, what do you think is one of the most important things to keep in mind when dealing with somebody that you know is just difficult or being difficult? Well, I think the first rule of thumb when it comes to dealing with difficult people is to is to maintain your cool. Um, difficult individuals can arise in any number of situations. You know, when we're driving and commuting, and you you encounter a rude driver who cuts you off, or it could happen at home, or it could happen at work. Whatever the uh, situation is, uh, if you want to maintain your equanimity within and maintain your, your balance and power within, you really want to stay cool in these situations. And probably the easiest way to do so is to allow yourself to take a nice, long, deep breath and, and count to five. Yeah. Uh, in, in, before you act up. You know, before you become aggressive as a driver or as a uh, family member or as a colleague, uh, in most cases, by the time you take that deep breath and, and count to five, you would have figured out a better way of handling the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're still upset after counting to five or to ten, uh, it's probably wise to take a time out and come back and deal with the situation later. Because when we are upset, uh, we're oftentimes reactive. Uh, we're, we're having our buttons pushed. And, and uh, in those situations, we're really not thinking and um, responding at our best. Yeah. And you want to, you know, in sports, you know, we want, we all know that it's good to have home court advantage. And you want to make sure you have your mental, emotional, psychological home court advantage when you deal with difficult individuals and difficult situations. And being reactive uh, is, is really uh, acting when you're reactive yeah. uh, is basically giving away that home court advantage. So taking that deep breath is a good opportunity That's to great... bring yourself back so yeah. that you can be much more uh, objective rather than subject, well, proactive and you... rather than reactive. Well, And the reactive is a dangerous thing because one of the rules I tell everyone is you don't want to let the most relationally challenged person drive the interaction. That's exactly right. Right. So if you yeah. start reacting to the most relationally challenged, then... Okay, great. It's like giving the kid the keys. Here you go. Yeah, drive where we need to you're go. You're playing his or her game, yeah. and you're you're surrendering your power. And there's not. I mean, it's a. It's it's bad enough that you've got a difficult individual, but now you're taking their lead. So now we really have two dysfunctional people, and That's this exactly is going right. to go nowhere. 
Well, in communication, you know, there's a theory called leading and pacing. When two people are interacting, one person is generally leading and the other person is following. Now, in a healthy relationship, people take turns. Yeah. leading and following. If you're reacting to the provocations of a difficult person, you're primarily following that difficult individual hmm. and letting him or her set the tone for engagement, and that puts you at a huge disadvantage. Yeah, that's huge. It's interesting because I, I, in my work, I had, I had never heard of leading and pacing, but I, um, what, what's interesting, I've found a lot just simply the terms offense and defense. Yeah, and yeah, a, a lot of times, reactive, right? Very similar yeah. ideas. But it's, it's, it really works, isn't it? Is a healthy relationship is a balanced relationship where you're not always leading. You're also willing to be led. You're not always speaking. You're also listening. You're balanced. Right, it's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what keeps it going, I guess. Huh? Exactly. That's awesome. See, I mean, difficult people. And by the way, at, at some point, we're all difficult people. Right. If we push anyone far enough, you know, something's going to break. Mm-hmm. And exactly. all it takes and is know. one missed plane and one missed airplane and it's time to get difficult. Right. And when we're difficult, you know, the same rule of uh, keeping cool applies. You know, before yeah. you act out, that would make you know, that would make your life more complicated. Take that deep breath. Yeah. It really it really is uh, bring yourself back to your home base so that you can you can make a decision in your own best interest before relationships and issues get much more complicated. And then, you know, there's usually a price to be paid for that. Mm. See, Good stuff. I'm glad. I'm so glad we're we're addressing it. We're again. We're talking with Preston Nee, uh, the author of the book "How to Communicate Effectively and Handle Difficult People." We're going to take a break, and when we come back, more from Preston Nee. I guess again, go to his website, the www.neepreston.com, and uh, you can find more about him, his his book, and his information. When we come back, strategies for saying no and dealing with difficult people at work. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, all you difficult people. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about how you deal with the difficult people in the world. Again, if it was just a, uh, a perfect game, there would be no difficult people. The reality is uh, there are difficult people, and the role of difficult rotates. We all get a chance to play difficult at one time or another. And by the way, even if we're not really a difficult person, it doesn't mean people don't see you as difficult. You know, you can still be interpreted as, oh, yeah, she always wants to talk. That's so difficult. Or, oh, yeah, he avoids every situation. That's so difficult. So we brought in an expert today. Preston Nee is joining us. And Preston is a professor, a coach, a trainer, and a a designer of, of workshops, classes in the area of interpersonal effectiveness, professional communication, cross cultural understanding, and organizational change. And, um, as part of that, he is also the author of uh, the book that we're discussing today, How to Communicate Effectively and Handle Difficult People. Preston Nee, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Good again to have you. Now, um, let, let's, let's talk about difficult people. Is there a point, though, that we're better served to just avoid them? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a, a good rule of thumb that I often tell my students and clients that you really want to 
pick your battles. Yeah. Um, you know, in my view, life is just too short, and we want to focus most of our time uh, on people that we, you know, whose company we enjoy and, and uh, you know, living our you know, greater purpose in life. And to get upset by every single individual that provokes us is really not the way to go. So um, there's some general rules of thumb that I normally recommend. Number one is that sometimes people um, they uh, they push our buttons. Uh, in situational power um, moments. Yeah. Uh, situational power is when someone in a very limited situation irritates you, has some power over you. And as long as you're in the face, in the vicinity of this person, that person's got you. So this could be a rude waiter or someone who cuts you off on the road or a relative who's just, you know, who's just uh, um, uh, talking down to you. Uh, in these situations, as long as you are in that vicinity, you let that person have power over right. you. Um, and as, as soon as you walk away, that person will no longer have power over you. So that's that's one scenario where that, you may want to pick your battle. That Another seems to happen, where, by the way, not to yeah. interrupt, but it seems to happen like that's almost Christmas dinner. Yeah, Because exactly. you're only there for a few hours, and you already know this could get ugly if you engage, so you may as well just, you know, go do the dishes. Yeah, go do the dishes, take a break somewhere, go go for a walk around the block, yeah. and which leads me to the other recommendation for picking your battle, which is, you know, in certain situations, you don't like the person you're dealing with, but you know that by temporarily putting up with it, you get something out of it, you know, so you know, a holiday dinner, uh, maybe if you put up with a relative for just an hour or so, you know, he or she will be gone, and yeah. then you don't have to deal with this person again, or if someone at work is on your team, uh, and this person is not easy to deal with, but uh, he or she's very good at, say, doing uh, analysis. And you only meet with this person once every few weeks anyway. So it may be worth it to put up with this individual. So, you know, it's really an individual mm-hmm. choice uh, on a case-by-case basis whether or not uh, a battle is worth fighting about. Sometimes you just got to fight the good fight. Other times it's, it's smarter to let go mm-hmm. so that you can make your life uh, more enjoyable. It seems like, too, uh, a lot of people immediately go to the idea of let's just be done. I, or just avoid it, ignore it, and that's their first choice. Maybe what we ought to do first is make sure you know how to handle people that are difficult, learn the skills, gain the tools before you just immediately withdraw yourself. We we exactly. tend to withdraw first and never learn the skills, and it might be better to get skilled and then withdraw when it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, I think the first question is to ask, you know, is, is it worth it to get involved in this situation? Sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't. And if it is worth it, uh, it's very important to have the right skills so that you can facilitate problem solving, not making uh, the situation more complicated. Right. You mentioned earlier in the earlier uh, segment about this idea of strategies and, and reactivity versus proactivity. A lot of it seems like what ends up happening to us is we're reactive people and right. we end up reacting to what they're doing and we get in this kind of fight or flight reactive pattern. What are some strategies we can we can use so that we don't end up reacting to the most, you know, difficult person? Right. That's a very, very good question. Um, you, you did say, you know, take a breath, take some right. deep breath. That would breaths. be the beginning. That would yeah. be the start because, you know, when we take that deep breath, a whole variety of um, – um, a whole variety of this chain reaction occurs to us physically, emotionally, psychologically to calm us down so that we can be much more objective. Now, after that deep breath, uh, it's often helpful to consider the situation from a broader perspective so that you can calm down even further and see things you know, from a higher plane. For example, uh, when someone 
does something that uh, upsets you, it may be helpful to come up with multiple interpretations uh, mm. for for what may be going on. Uh, if a friend of mine, just uh, as a hypothetical, if a friend of mine hasn't returned my call, I can either go to the go to a negative interpretation and think, okay, my friend is ignoring me, or I can come up with more than one interpretation yeah. and consider the possibility that my friend may be really busy, he's got a lot on his plate, uh, he's going through a lot right now. So by because you know in most cases, Matt, people do what we do, people do what they do, you know, because of them, not because of us. Right, exactly. You know, people worry about themselves most of the time. Yeah. So uh, so as long as our actions are reasonable and fair. Um, People do what they do more because of them, and by enlarging our perspective, we lower our reactivity to mm. the, uh, the the situation. And it seems like where we get reactive is so. If I'm already angry and I'm already offended, if I've already gone down the low road, I call that. Um, then all of a sudden, I'm going to jump right in, and it's easier for me to negatively interpret. So then, like That's exactly right. So it gets in a cycle, doesn't it? That it sure does. And uh, another idea I recommend is to temporarily put ourselves in a difficult individual's shoes, even, you know, even just momentarily, no yeah. matter how difficult it may be, and, and complete the following sentence. Um, it must not be easy. So if my child is being very difficult, I complete the sentence. It must not be, my child is being so resistant, it must not be easy to deal with all of his pressures in school. Mm. Or my boss is so demanding, it must not be easy to have such high expectations placed upon her uh, from senior management. Uh, again, this does not excuse difficult behavior. Uh, the point is for us to return to a more objective point of view mm-hmm. so that we can look at the situation from a higher plane and deal with the problem uh, from a more proactive rather than reactive stance. So it's all about self-empowerment, yeah. so that we're not as reactive. Uh, John Gottman, the great uh, family or marriage researcher, talked about the fact that we get, we get flooded emotionally. So we get the chemicals flooding in us. And then it seems like the chemicals end up, uh, you know, overwhelming us, taking over, and then we ride on the chemicals instead of um, riding on our, our better principles and our higher values. Is right. that, that's kind of what you're trying to do is stop right, the chemical rush. Yeah, we, we go into our lower selves because we're trying to defend ourselves. Uh, rather than focusing on how we can solve a problem. And being, you know, being defensive is not always the best way to solve a problem. Now, it makes us fighters, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, it, they, it, but it doesn't always make us the most effective problem solvers. Right. I mean, defense is a great fighting stance, not necessarily a great understanding stance. Right. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the way we defend ourselves is to, is to attack. Mm-hmm. And as you, you, I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Gottman. Um, we know from his studies that the number one predictor of divorce is when, a, when one or both couples um, utter personal attacks in their communication towards each other. Yeah. Uh, it predict, predicts a very high likelihood of divorce, even when this couple is in the early stages of romance. So it's all in how you communicate the issues and how you solve the problems that makes that makes you either a uh, an effective communicator with uh, with good relationships and and good problem solving skills or a poor communicator that has multiple issues in life relationship mm-hmm. issues unresolved uh, problems in life. We are talking with Preston Nee, the author of the book How to Communicate Effectively and Handle Difficult People. And uh, one of the things I know that you want to teach us are there are good ways to say no, right? You can you can still Certainly. say no to these people and maybe walk away. But what are some of the ways we can just say no? That's a that's a very good point. Now there are times in life I think when it's just necessary to use that word no. Yeah. If somebody is 
um, being no. aggressive towards you on a date, you know, you say no. Right. Um, sometimes you just got to use that word. Other times, you want to be more diplomatic. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. You don't want to offend people. But you still got to you still got to uh, draw your boundaries. Right. So in those circumstances, there are a variety of alternative ways of saying no without having to use that word. And most of these alternatives begin with the word I or it. So for example, if um, if, uh, if my friend wants to borrow money from me and I'm just not comfortable lending friends, you know, lending my money to friends because I don't think friendship and money mix, I can either just say no or I can be more diplomatic and say, you know, I, I really prefer not to mix friendship with money. Mm. Or I can say it really doesn't work for me to uh, lend friends money. Yeah. Or it's important for me to separate friendship from money. Uh, or I'm, I'm not comfortable with lending friends, uh, lending uh, money for friends. So uh, most of these statements begin with I or it, which make the statement more subjective. Uh, and subjective statements are very difficult to disagree with outright. If I say yeah. I'm uncomfortable with something, it's very tough for the yeah. listener to say, well, that's not true. You're an idiot. Uh, you're, you're really right. What are they supposed to say? Yeah, we just don't argue like that. Yeah. So uh, these statements compel the listener to be much more open to what you have to say while minimizing resistance. Hmm. And it's a, it's a very nuanced thing, isn't it? It's, it? We slip it in, and they don't necessarily know why you're hard to fight here. But boy, that makes a really good yeah, point. Yeah, it's easy to, you know, when we, when we throw barbs at people, uh, it's very easy to, for the other person to, to fight back because we're giving them excuses mm-hmm. to fight back. You know, we call people names, we, we give permission almost for the other person to call those names back. Right. It's, yeah. But if we, we, if we are... Uh, if we use effective communication skills, which include the use of I language, it language, uh, and, and other techniques, uh, it's exceedingly difficult for a person to argue with us when we use mm. effective communication. Because um, what would they, they argue with, likely, right? Your yeah. feelings? Hmm? They're going to argue with your feelings. Well, your feelings yeah, are stupid. Your, your feelings are your feelings. Yeah, you, say, I'm not comfortable. You can't argue with that. Um, it's hard to argue that. Now, they may ask you why, mm-hmm. but that's okay, because if yeah. people ask you why, they're exploring the issue with yeah. you, then you have a, an opportunity to explain where you're coming from. Yeah. I I think that's that's such a it's kind of a, it's a new it's a new concept as somebody that's read and studied a ton about this we don't get into that more subjective statement and then there's the time though you really need to if they if they don't get that message then I guess you just shoot the no right between their eyes well yeah or you can offer consequence yeah okay and uh, consequence is a good way to to cause the uh, the difficult individual to to reconsider what he or she's doing. Uh, before continuing that path. And that would sound like? Uh, well, let's see. It depends on the situation. Uh, consequence would be, let's see, um, for example, if, uh, let, me, let me tell you what happened uh, at this mall that I, uh, that I went to a few days ago, and I saw this parent deal with a difficult child brilliantly. Uh, so the child was crying. He was about five years old. He was crying, throwing a fit, uh, being a, a terrible little monster. Mm-hmm. Now, the mom was brilliant because the first thing she did right was that she was not upset. Yeah. And you know how kids she kept cool. um, or difficult people can push our buttons. Uh, the, the mom was not upset. She was, um, she was cool. She had this humor about the whole situation. She had a smile on her face, and she, she said to the kid, Look, Johnny, what would you like to do? I know you're upset because you didn't get your candy, but remember, our agreement is to have one candy in the morning and one, mm. one candy at night, right? Well, it's only 2.30, so it's not time for candy yet, but uh, you're, you're five years old now. You're, you're a smart kid, so let me, let me uh, have you decide what yeah. you want to do, okay? If you want to uh, keep crying, I'll let you do that because you're five years old now, but you know what? We're here because you want to go to KB Toys, right? Well, the toy store's right 
today. What are you crying for? So mm. if you want, we can just go to the toy store right now. Or if you really want to cry, I'll let you cry for a little bit. Yeah. But you know what? This is a mall. You know, we can't cry here for too long because you know, people are walking by us. So if you really want to cry, I'll let you cry for a few minutes. But then I have to pick you up and uh, we'll have to go back to the van and go home. There you go. So you, I'll let you decide what you want to do. And either way is okay with me. And let me count to five. And you can decide. One. There you two, go. By the time she counted to five, they yeah. can stop crying. They went to KB Toys. There you go. Yeah, okay. and you can use this technique with adults as well as with kids. Uh, Consequence offer reasonable, fair solutions uh, that are strong enough to compel the listener to think twice about his or her behavior. Yeah. And you can use this technique with managers, with family members, or with kids. Love it. I mean, that, and, and what's neat about it is you're setting it up not just to win this moment, but you're setting it up long term uh, to have success with the difficult person. Hey, after this, we're going to be using humor. And uh, Preston Nee is going to be teaching us how to use humor and consequences to deal even more effectively with difficult people. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, you know, on a quest to help you find a good life, your life, the life that is healthy, strong, the life that's going to uh, strengthen your relationships around you, you know, change the world. That is the goal of the show. Today, we're talking about difficult people, and of course, that's not you. That's just everybody around you that just slowly wears you down. But you know what? We're learning from our uh, wonderful guest right now that you don't have to take the bait. You don't have to jump and, and get on all reactive and start trying to fight them just because they're in a fighting mood. As a human being, you can choose to be less reactive and start finding more effective ways to handle them and make sure this is a battle you want to win. We're talking to talking to Preston Knee on the phone. Preston is a professor and a coach, a trainer, and a designer of workshops in the areas of interpersonal effectiveness, professional communication, cross-cultural understanding, and organizational change. He has received a master's of science degree in business administration and is a tenured faculty member of the Communication Studies Department at Foothill College in Silicon Valley, California. He also holds a certificate in management development from the program at Harvard University and is a 2012 fellow of the Stanford University Human Rights Education Initiative. You can find more out uh, about Preston if you go to his website, kneepreston.com. Knee is N-I-Preston.com. Kneepreston.com. Preston, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And again, the author of the book, How to Communicate Effectively and Handle Difficult People. Talk about humor for a minute. I, I love what humor can do to take the edge off. Right, exactly. What, humor, what, how do you, a very powerful tool. It is. And how do, you, how do you use it? How do you teach people to use it? Well, uh, let's see. There are a number of levels to this. Uh, I think at the most fundamental level, uh, for the listener that, that uh, were here for the last segment when I talked about the mom mm-hmm. dealing with the, uh, the little uh, monster of a, a kid, you know, <laughs> having a sense of humor simply means that you kind of smile at the situation and kind of uh, be detached about the ridiculousness of the situation. Yeah. Just that attitude itself makes you less 
uh, attached, uh, more more proactive, and uh, you already have some of your power in that in the, with that attitude. Mm-hmm. Now, beyond that, uh, humor is a very effective tool, but it's also a little bit tricky. I always caution my clients and students: be careful with using humor uh-huh. because it could backfire on you. <laughs> uh, so don't use humor unless you're pretty comfortable with doing so, and you are reasonably certain that it's not going to come back and uh, uh, kind of slap you in the face. Uh, but if you are skilled at using humor, um, you can use a lot of little uh, bits of humor to, to shine a light on the situation or to show the, uh, the difficult person a mirror so that he or she knows, uh, gets a sense of what, what they're doing uh, in a way that's non-confrontational. And in, in fact, oftentimes you can do it with some goodwill. Yeah. Uh, an example would be years ago, this was many years ago, a colleague of mine at the college was a uh, very kind of uh, an arrogant individual, and he rarely spoke to anyone whom he didn't want to uh, socialize with. So one day I witnessed one of our um, adjunct faculty members uh, walking to the office and very friendly, in a very friendly way, said hi to to this uh, arrogant colleague. And when the arrogant colleague totally ignored her, which is what he usually does. Yeah, his uh, M.O., right. She didn't get upset. She wasn't offended. She wasn't hurt. Uh, she just uh, followed up her hello with, uh, with uh, that good, huh? Uh, and <laughs> this kind of broke the ice yeah. and compelled the uh, arrogant colleague to, to you know, start a conversation, a friendly conversation with her. So I witnessed Interesting. this. I thought this was brilliant. Yeah. She managed. This is, you know, this is really true use of soft power. You, you compel your opponent to surrender, not through force, but through your sheer uh, effective use of goodwill. It really is a powerful thing, too, because you're not laughing at them. You're just responding in a funny way to what they did. Yeah, you're just you're to them. everything with a twinkle in your eye, yeah. real good-naturedly. And the, oftentimes this can melt resistance uh, yeah. because people uh, get to suddenly realize how, how embarrassing it is to act the way yeah. they act. I've seen a brother-in-law of mine, their child, you know, just did not get what he wanted, fell to the ground, just instantly drops to the ground and starts throwing a tantrum. And the father just instantly followed his lead and he dropped to the ground and Mm -hmm. he started throwing a tantrum. And then the kid looked up like, what's going on here? That's one of the the effective techniques of using humor is you imitate the uh, Hmm. the difficult person. Now, again, you got to do this. You got to be careful. Don't do that to your boss. Don't do this with your boss (laughs) if you think your boss is going to fire you. But in, in in other situations, when it's relatively mild, when you know that um, uh, you can expect a good response, um, little moments of humor really can melt a lot of resistance, hmm. a lot of difficult behavior. Uh, it disarms it. I mean, in your work, in your experience, people can change people, right? Yes. I mean, you can see that if you respond more effectively, it doesn't guarantee all these difficult people are going to become all of a sudden very, really incredibly effective. But it also means they're not probably going to have to become worse because of what you're doing. That's exactly right. I think the, uh, after 20 years of teaching and, and sharing this inf- information on how to be effective in, as communicators, um, I've come to the conclusion that, the number one, the beauty with using effective communication is that you, in the great majority of cases, you're the person who's in charge of the situation, not the other person. Right. You're not at the mercy of this, uh, this other person's provocations. And no matter what the circumstances, no matter how difficult it, seem to, it seems to be, um, you always have multiple options 
for how you want to handle the situation. And that gives you, to use a psychological term, great internal locus of control. Mm-hmm. And that puts you in charge of your own life effectively. Now, the, the, beyond that, uh, being an effective communicator means that you are constantly a role model for how you want other people to treat you. Uh, and uh, you compel people to treat you in that in the higher way, and with, that, with a higher level of uh, relationship, higher level of consciousness, because of how you role model uh, the way you want to be treated, right. how you role model communication. And uh, more often than not, people tend to follow. You become a good influence and a good example. And the examples that I gave uh, between the, the mom and the child, mm-hmm. between, the, the, between the colleagues, uh, th- those were both examples of how uh, an individual teaches another person who's more difficult how he or she wants to be treated yeah. and compels change. And the good, the good news with using effective communication is oftentimes we just have to use it once or twice to set, uh, to set the tone. Right. And after that, we change the quality of the relationship. And, and then you're not a victim anymore. How many exactly. times do you, you hear someone respect. say, ooh, he made me mad and he always makes me mad and we'll change. Yeah, yeah, communication is about, effective communication is about being a good problem solver. And if you are that, you command respect. Yeah. Uh, and and after you have respect, then you can be a nice person and build uh, wonderful relationships. It's uh, It seems like where we overlook a lot of times where there's inherent power, and you mentioned it earlier when we talked about interpretations, find many ways to interpret an event, is we feel like we have to take it the angry way they meant it. Or personally. Right, and they're already angry and they're already ra- reactive and they're already flooded with emotion. So if you actually take it another way, like, He's just really struggling. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you realize you are so empowered simply in your ability to interpret any set of events. Right. By being more objective, yeah. uh, we, we, we're much more empowered to see things clearly mm-hmm. and make better judgments. Get more data in so you've got more clarity and more... And more, determine uh, our own course of action rather than being reactive to yeah. the other person's provocations. It really is. And again, it sounds like a lot of just psychobabble, but it's not. And you've seen it. It's it really you have that power. And when somebody um, responds to you in a loving way based on what they really think you mean, like when my, I had a child once that went to bed, he was too tired to go to bed and he wanted to stay up and watch SpongeBob SquarePants. And um, I'm like, no, you're going to bed. You're going to bed. And when I'm carrying him up to bed, he's like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I don't have to take literally what he's saying. I know there's inferred in that is the fact that it's midnight and is the fact that he's overstimulated from the day is the fact that he's sugared up. So I can reinterpret it. And when I can still come back with love, it really sets up a different day for tomorrow. Right. The, the energy is different when yeah. we communicate from that higher level. And, and, um, and, and if, it's, if it comes across sincere and strong, um, oftentimes, I think in most cases, people are affected by that positive energy. Yeah. Uh, just as we can be affected by people's negative, negative energy. energy. You know, in, in, again, in psychology, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's called emotional contagion. Mm-hmm. Uh, negative people can affect us, or we can prevent that and be a stronger force. Uh, to turn the tables and, and be a positive influence. Uh, can I just give you a real quick yeah. example? Yep. Okay, so I was at the, I was at a, this was when I was a student. I was at a laundromat once doing my laundry as a graduate student, and I witnessed a, a bully uh, really tearing this elderly woman down because mm. the, the woman took his space or something. And so I opened my mouth and, you know, discouraged him from doing that. So when the bully challenged me, um, the following statement came out of my mouth just, pretty much um, uh, involuntarily, yeah. uh, and I said, sir, you can do whatever you want. 
it just seems to me that you're a much better man than this. Now, you can do whatever you want. There you go. Now, how can he argue with that? That's right. No, I'm not a good man. I'm, I'm not, not better man. than That's that. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, so when we use effective communication, um, we become good examples. We become good role models of how to behave. Mm-hmm. And if we combine that with good problem-solving skills, including the ability to use consequence, um, people respect us for, for our ability as problem-solvers. And then, and then we can build good relationships with them. Beautiful. Appreciate it. Again, Preston Nee. Great insight. I mean, really, it's what the world needs. We need more people proactively responding to each other. Again, the difficult, the role of difficult is going to be rotating through all of us. And if we could just step up a little bit more like Preston's been teaching us. We're going to take a break. Uh, Preston Nee, again, go check out his website, kneepreston.com, N-I, preston.com. And go look at his book, How to Communicate Effectively and Handle Difficult People. When we come back, Kim Giles will be joining us. Coach Kim will be teaching us uh, more, a little bit uh, more about how to handle some other very specific types of difficult people. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. She's in the house. Kimberly Giles is in the house. The queen. She's brought her daughter, Abby, here. And she, and Kim didn't take her daughter on a trip to Puerto Rico. No, she's still mad at me. Should we have I a, left her home. We should have an intervention to help Abby figure out why Deal with her difficult mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. Why didn't you take her? Come on. She's... She's lovely. She needs a break. It's stressful to be. Well, she knew we were having a romantic trip, and so she oh, didn't want to have to watch the kissing. And... You know what you do? If you would just kiss, no one's going to come near you. Well, I tell her she's got to just deal with it because we're doing it for her to model what a good, healthy relationship That's looks right. like. Well, well, what else? You know, what else does she want? Then good modeling. Yes. Well, a trip to Puerto Rico. Yeah, she. Or she could hit the beaches. <laughs> Next time, baby. You know I'm what? Taking, yeah. It's good. How are you doing? Great. How's your book? Holy cow, I'm loving it. Really? I took You've it to the pool it? in St. George, and I actually started a really incredible conversation with everybody at the pool. Well, everybody around me at the pool. Yeah. Talking about one question that we talked about last time. Do you remember? Do Which you, question? You may not remember. It's one of the first commitments you have to make. Is You call them commitments? Covenants? Um, uh, policies. Agreement. Policies. Policies. But it's about, so is God, is God... Love or fear? Love or fear. And I asked that to all of these people while we were at the pool. And did you get some on both sides? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's interesting. The question just made them think, right? It does. So then they start thinking like, man, I don't know. Is God... Because, you know, Scary most people or... kind of see him as both in different yeah. at different times, and that's kind of confusing. Yeah. So am I safe with him or not? Is life scary? By the way, what's the full name of the book? Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. But then you, they go to your website, Clarity Point Coaching, and they get a million little bits of information. I always want to say that because you're Yeah, you're we have a lot of coach. free stuff. You have, like, it's for... almost like – I don't know if you know this. You'll never probably make money – Giving stuff away for if, free. If you give everything away. <laughs> At some point, you're going to have to charge. I know. And there are things we charge for. But you know my 
Focus is helping people. Well, and you know what? That's the key. That will actually make you more money because you're abundant. You're being abundant. I am being abundant. And there is a lot of good resources there that will help people with any problem they're having. You Mm -hmm. will find some answers. Hey, have you in all of your coaching experience ever dealt with a difficult person? (laughs) Never. (laughs) Isn't that – that's how you make your money. It is. That's the question I get asked most is, oh, what am I – how do I deal with my mother-in-law or how do I deal with – Yeah. It's, why is every it always day. the mother-in-law? It seems so wrong. Well, sometimes it's the mother. Sometimes it's everybody. It's, it could be anybody. It could be, could be anybody. a difficult person. Yeah. And everybody's either got a boss or a coworker mm-hmm. or a sibling or somebody yeah. that is hard. We call them messed up. Not to their face, no. but yeah. Behind their back. Behind their back. Which might be part of the problem, why we're all so difficult. Hey, talk about other types of difficult because I know you... I you classify them a little different. Yeah. Tell, give us your. You know, I always have a unique. I know. Take. You're just. You're just. It's. You're like. You're just a little skewed. <laughs> a but little messed up. But but that, but that actually makes it always a great idea because it's new to all of us. Okay, so I have three categories, and granted, they're a little humorous. My first is the garden variety annoying people. Yeah. And these are the ones that are missing social skills or have some annoying trait issue yeah i mean i worked at an office for a while with someone with serious sinus issues that oh. kind of snorted yeah, snorters yeah all day <laughs> every day yeah can't help it though no. and it's not like a conversation with him is going to get him to stop Mm-mm. you got what am i supposed to do get some surgery that's right deviated septum there's nothing they can do and right. there's a lot of people around us that are gonna drive us crazy but it's just who they are. Right. So those are just so the those annoying are the first. type. Yeah. And Garden the, variety. And the second are the people that are scared and their bad behavior is fear motivated. Yes. And most of our difficult people fall into this category. So these are people that they're dry, their motivator, what makes them so annoying? Well, or difficult or, or, or afraid or mean yeah. or. But it's their fear. It's their fear. And we, and you know, that's. Kind of that's your that's your my forte. thing. That's, that's my forte. You're the fear queen. But I find that anytime someone's behaving badly, my first question is to step back and what are they scared of here? That's a great question. Because you you mentioned on the segment before, and I was loving Professor Nee. Everything. Isn't he great? Oh, fantastic yeah. stuff. Um, but people like who are controlling or show yeah. offs and all of those, it's coming from one of the two core fears. And, you know, every time yeah. we, you have me on, it's we have to talk thing, about, but it's, but it's the same principles. Those are principles, fear of loss and failure and failure, which is really failure is about not being good enough, looking bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's that personal. Yeah. So if someone feels insulted or taken from. You're going to trigger one of those two fears. Yeah, there you and, go. and you think about people who are show offs. They're scared to death they aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. People so they're, who, am, they're amplifying. Yeah. They're making it bigger. They're, they're showing off to the know it alls, mm-hmm. those people. It's, they have self esteem issues. Yeah. They're scared to death they're not good enough. It's, it's, the ones, it's actually the ones that never mention it. I guess that's how you know that they're not afraid because they don't need to measure themselves by their titles or their stuff. No, they have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. They're just fine. Yeah. And it's funny. They're the ones we really respect. Yeah. Well, they're the they ones you can't that, offend. They don't have fear. Well, I, I can't offend you. So if you're there, it doesn't matter what I say to you, which is Dr. or, Pro- or Professor Nee kept saying, you don't have to react. No. So, you know, If you know your value, yeah. you know that nothing this person says or does can ch- diminish you. Yeah. They can't take away from who you are. You're fine Period. no matter what. Yeah. So – that's you also mentioned people who are controlling. Mm-hmm. Controlling people have the fear of loss. 
Yeah, their fear of being yeah. taken from, um, have their territory stepped on. Uh-huh. So they get very controlling and protective and defensive. Yeah. If you really look behind any bad behavior, you're going to either see the self-esteem stuff or the fear of loss and being taken from. Well, which makes it so why on earth are you reacting to someone that's so afraid? When you react to someone with fear, you're only going to exacerbate Well, fear. you're making it about you yeah. when really no matter what they're throwing at you, no matter how mad they are at you or what they're accusing you of mm-hmm. or attacking you over, it's really about their fear about themselves. This really mm. isn't about you. I it's know. It's their it, stuff. Everything's about me. That's what they always think. It's of course it's about me. She said it when my son told me he hated me at midnight. Yeah. You know he meant it. <laughs> he wasn't just being a young five year old or whatever. He was he meant it. Because you know, always believe what someone says at midnight when they're exhausted, overstimulated, and underslept. Always believe them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But we do. We have to take most criticism, most attacks, that it's not really about, it's not you. about you. Now, there's a, some of them, it's a good idea to step back and make sure yeah. there's not some validity mm-hmm. to it, but most of the time it's about them. Well, that's the trigger then, right? So when they hit the trigger and all of a sudden they say the one thing that makes me go off, then they've probably hit my fear. That's right. They've triggered your fear of failure or so loss. So game on. And isn't it funny? They know exactly where to go. How do Absolutely. they know that? Did they go to fear school? How do they know my fear? You know what? We, we pick up on each other's fears on a subconscious level, and we're, we know. We're horrible. <laughs> it's like we're we just keep... scared. Yeah. We're just scared. Yeah. It, have it's you ever, behind everything. As a little kid, did you ever play the bruise game where whenever someone had a bruise, you had to push on it? Push on the bruise. <laughs> just keep pushing <laughs> just on their bruise. Just to hurt them? Yeah. Okay. That is exactly what, what happens, though. And, bruising, and most pushing. of us, either our fear of failure or our fear of loss is more of a bruise. It's more of mm-hmm. our sore spot. Yeah. So that sore spot's very easy to trigger. <laughs> so do you find this like That's in most horrible. marriages, yeah. if somebody already has low self-esteem and their spouse makes a very benign comment, but with a stretch of imagination, it could be taken as an insult. Sure. Boy, it's going to hit that sore spot every yeah. time and it's going to turn in this big Boom. thing. And and for some people, it's the being taken from. That's yeah. my sore spot. Don't take from Maybe me. they were walked on or controlled earlier in life, and so that's become their thing. Yeah. And, boy, it's easy to trigger. It's sad. But if you can recognize the fear that's behind the difficult person's behavior, yeah. you understand what they're really afraid of, you will know how to reassure them and calm them down and make them feel better. Yeah. So I always tell my kids... If I'm freaking out at you, (laughs) it's probably because you've done something bad or you've done something that's either made me feel like I'm failing as a mother or that I'm going to lose you. Mm. And that's really easy for kids to trigger that in me. Oh, yeah. And they get a really bad behaving mother in that moment because I'm freaking out. I'm scared to death of loss or failure. That's but that's huge. And look what that does. That puts you in your high brain. So I call that high brain. But so the you're less survival, reactive. That's right. the, so yeah. and so instead of me sitting there being in the fight or flight brain, that reactive brain, me trying to identify my pattern or my fear is going to put me in my higher brain. So if I'm actually thinking cognitively, working on what am I feeling here that's driving this? I'm in a different brain than my fight or flight brain. Right. Your more logical brain yeah. that's actually going to think before you say anything. And what a great thing to teach your kids. So I've told them if I'm freaking out you, you've you got to calm me down and say, yeah. Mom, you're not going to lose me. 
I'm I'm not gonna do anything dumb that's gonna make you lose. And you're a good mom. You're the best. You're mom. You're the best mom. See, this is not because of you. See, that's and good. guess what? That's then I good. just calm right down. See, I tell my kids when I'm freaking out to bring me a donut. <laughs> that would work too. <laughs> and then I tell them, don't say anything. Just hand me the donut and walk away. Yeah, mine's usually food related. When your mouth's well, full, you can't yell sugar. at them as much. This is really, uh, you, you were giving us three. We talked garden variety annoying, scared, fear motivated. What was the last one? Okay, so my last is the irrational, illogical, toxic, possibly crazy people. I think now, I, met, I met her today. <laughs> <laughs> is she in Utah? I met her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She's everywhere. <laughs> She's everywhere. And she could be a he. And the thing is, the, there are some people, and maybe some of these it's still a fear issue. Some of these, they're... It's, you can't get anywhere. It's not about quieting their fear no. or reassuring them. There's really nothing you're going to do right. that's going to make this workable with this person. Well, and it could be chemical. It could it be. It could be physiological, right? So it could be psychological, like severe psychological. Mental. Past, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But that's actually a good thing to recognize because this is not – this is one I can't fix. Well, and I, we teach our clients all these great communication skills right. – all these great ways to deal with difficult people. And then we have to say, yeah, but if it's one of these, yeah, none just of love them might not work. Yeah. But whatever you do, don't react. Right? Yeah. You don't want to react. Well, it's a waste of your time and energy to get too upset. Right. Because, but don't you think if they can at least recognize that's where this person is, then you don't take anything they say personally. Right. Absolutely. They're you, not in yeah. their right You've brain. you framed them appropriately. Right. Good stuff. We're talking with Kimberly Giles, guru, coach. Mother of Abby, who's sitting here with us, <laughs> wondering, don't bring me in on this. Also, you can find her at Clarity Point Coaching. We're going to take a break. She's talking about her book, really indirectly, Choosing Clarity, a simple system that makes you feel better about yourself and your life. More with Kimberly Giles when we get back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show, joined by Kimberly Giles from ClarityPointCoaching.com. She is the legend. Let's get very real here. Uh, she was voted top guru in the galaxy. Is that right? <laughs> not She's not been quite. on every morning show in the world, and now she lowers her standard to come to the Matt Townsend Show. I love the Matt Townsend Show. Well, the Matt Townsend Show loves you. I'm glad because it's fun to be here with you. Author of the book, Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. It really is a great book. And I don't, Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't read. I, I listen to a ton of books on tape because I'm driving a lot. Yeah. But I love your book. And this is one that I actually pull up when I'm in bed. I'm reading it in bed. Wow. You've made it to the nightstand. <laughs> That's big. I really appreciate that, really that endorsement. Cool. So it really Matt. is a good it's a good it's not a good read, it's a great read. Why I also love it is because it gets into the diff, dealing with difficult people is getting over this idea that any of this matters in a way. Like some of this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think of me. No. But some of us are so wrapped up in 
So you, the difficult person only has power to the degree you give them the power. Yeah, you have to. T- we have to take more control of ourselves and the way we think and the way we feel about in every situation and every moment of the day. And our problem, largely, is that we just react to everything right. and we take no control yeah. and we just. And then we and then we actually act shocked, like no way, no way. Did you just do that again? No way. You made me mad again. You made no me way. mad. See all that language? Yeah. No way. Yeah, you don't have to do that. So. Give us, if we have the three types, the garden variety annoying, the scared, which is most people. Most people. And the irrational, illogical, you know, possibly toxic that you're probably not going to help anyway. They've got their own junk. Yes. What are we supposed to do? Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple ideas. Um, One thing with all the free stuff, you know, we give away on my website. Yeah. On our resources page on the website are some fantastic little worksheets. And we've got one called the To Be or Not To Be Offended Worksheet Mm. and the To Be or Not To Be Upset Worksheet. And these are fantastic. Yes. Every time somebody offends you, you my clients have to sit down and fill that out before they do or say anything. That's great. And it just steps you through stepping back, looking what this person's afraid of, what's really going on with them. Is this really about me? Yeah. And what are my options here? Because one option is to get offended. Yeah. And and react to Get this. Even. What's that going to create? No, nothing. Is it really going to create what I want? No. Nope. What do I want? Right. I mean, what's, what's the outcome know. I'm after right. here? And we need to step back and figure that out before we respond well, so we know we can a, create that. So do you actually – do they carry that in their pocket or is this well, in their, now, is this an app? Well, ClarityPointCoaching.com has got a mobile version on your phone. That's perfect. And this is just this week. So oh, we're wow. excited because all of those worksheets are at the touch of a button on your phone. You can go to the resources page, pull the worksheet up, and go through it right in the there moment you wherever you are. And even if you don't even write it down but just processing the questions – and we Slow found if if somebody will go through those questions even just a few times, mm-hmm. we're kind of training our brain how yeah. a new procedure yeah. for processing when I get offended. So wow, that's a great tool. I that hope is. people would take advantage of. So and they, but I guess in the end, it's going to just lead me to know that I don't need to be offended. Most of the time, it won't serve you to be <laughs> offended. Okay, so can I short circuit it and just not be offended? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to not be offended. <laughs> but you've still yeah. got to decide kind of how to respond because of yeah. response. So I love – you already talked with Dr. Nee about yeah. um, ignoring – just getting out of it, avoiding them, mm-hmm. ignoring them. A lot of the garden variety annoying behavior, a lot of the fear-based, we just need to ignore it. Right. Let it let go. Let it pass like a wave. Let the wave – let all that energy in the wave just roll over. Yeah. Turn As a matter of fact, I was going to give you an example – um, years ago, I worked in an office with a man who was a space invader. No, for real. And this guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Every time he'd he's come always, talk to me, he's, he's four inches yeah. he's from a, my face. a close talker. Close talker. Yeah, those people drive me crazy. Was that from Seinfeld? That was Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. He was a close talker. Was he a close talker? Drove me nuts. <laughs> and I think as a woman in the workplace, yeah. too, it's even more... Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I think he liked you. It's very uncomfortable. He liked you, Kim. Well, he was... Way older than me, so that would have been really <laughs> Maybe inappropriate. Maybe he, he thought you to be like a daughter figure. Maybe. But either way, this is what I tried first. I tried, let's just ignore it. Just It doesn't hurt me. Yeah, he's not Can trying to be Can I just ignore it? But the more I thought about it, I just couldn't ignore it. And what I found myself doing was going home every night and making jokes with my husband about the close talker. Yeah. And, and I'm, 
I'm treating him like a weirdo behind his back. Yeah. But you know what? This isn't really loving behavior. No. It's not who you wanted to be. It's not who I wanted to be. And I realized it might be more loving for me to say something and talk to this guy and ask for him to honor my need for some personal space than it would be to try See, to ignore that's it. so and then... mature of you. All right. So, but you're full of fear. Like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to make it into something. Well, most of us really yeah. are scared of those conversations because deal. we've got a faulty policy in our head that if you say anything that could be mean to that person and make them feel bad, then you're a mean person. Right. It's better to just say it behind their back yeah, every day. Yeah, and just make fun of them. Yeah. Isn't it? But that's it. That's that dissonance we have. But it's just a bad policy it we've is. learned. It's not working. And you we learned it from policy. our parents. That's right. Probably. And their parents. Yep. So what did you do? So I realized I need to have a conversation with him. Now, another resource on my website on that same resources page is my validating communication formula. And I teach people five simple steps to have those kind of tough conversations in a way that will make this person feel valued, honored, respected, and validated in the course of speaking your truth, which is going to be hard to hear. Right, right. And we want to accomplish that. And, you know, for my... Um, working with couples, yeah. I, if they can just learn how to have a mutually validating yeah. conversation. Can we just do that? Yeah, that game over. We we really need to just make them learn that before we give them a marriage license. Well, and lose the fears. I mean, deal with the fears, make the right policies, then teach them the skills. Yeah. Then 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 they're set. Then they can go have problems. Everybody needs to know how to have a mutually validating conversation right. with another person. So this... Um, there's a worksheet that teaches you exactly how to do it. But some of the rules on my worksheet are, number one, before you start this conversation, you have to make a commitment to see this person as the same as you. And what I mean is you're not better than them and you're not worse than them. They're not more broken than you. They're not less broken than you. We're human beings with Mm. the same value. And see this Space Invader guy, let's admit I was seeing him as a weirdo. Oh, yeah. So if I sit down to have this conversation with him and that's my attitude, he will feel it. Yeah, which is what he's going to react to. And he's going to get defensive and upset. Yeah, good. So I have to make that commitment first to see him as the same as me. Yeah. And then up front, I always want to show up for the other person first. So I like to ask a lot of questions. And so I asked him to come in my office for a minute. And I said, tell me how you're feeling about work, about working with me. Is there anything I could do better to show up for you in the work that we do together. I just wow. like to check in with people I work with and ask what, what, them that. Said, you can give well, me some feedback. you could sit closer. You could come over. <laughs> anyway, don't go there. Yeah, but that would have gone downhill that fast. Well, that would have turned. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Let's talk about that. But anytime you're willing to let the other person talk first and ask questions and really listen to how they feel, what they think, what their opinions are and ideas, what you're really doing is having a chance to show them that you honor and respect their right, right. to be who they are, where they are, yep. and validate them. Yeah, it's huge. So we always do that first before you say a word. Now, one of my key things I teach my clients is when it's your turn to talk, you never tell anybody what you think, share your story, say anything unless you've asked permission, permission. first. That's right. Ask permission. So I asked him, hey, could I ask you a favor? Now, after I've been listening to him for half an hour, I'd kind of earned it. Yeah. So he said, absolutely. What could I do for you? Now, one of my first rules, um, Professor Knight, me, talked about in the I statements. Yeah. 
Because it's really important at this point, if I start saying, well, you have a tendency to make people uncomfortable. You stand too close to them. And remember last week, you did this, you did that. He's going to get defensive. So what I said instead was, I apparently have some personal space issues. I feel really uncomfortable when people stand too close to me. And I just wondered if you would be willing moving forward to be really mindful of my issues and give me a lot of personal space. That's brilliant. I think a lot of women in the yes. workplace feel this way. And I it, I think it would serve all of us if maybe just moving forward you could really watch that. Would you be okay with that? Now, notice the other thing I did is I focused more on his future behavior than yeah. his past. Yeah. The future's free. A lot can happen. Well, they have control over it. That's great. And if I start talking about last week, you did this and that, he can't fix it. So you made it about your issue, not his, Mm -hmm. really. And you made it about future oriented when he could change it. Would he be willing to do that? Would you be willing moving forward to do this for me? Most people are pretty open to that. Did he say, sure, give me a hug? (laughs) He didn't, did he? You (laughs) changed it. I changed it. But see, that's the way we're supposed to do it. And we can, yeah. and that's what I want people listening to know is you can speak up about people's behavior that's bothering you in a way that's strong but loving at the same yeah. time, and they'll respect you and they won't be offended if you just are smart about how you handle it, and you just need to learn how to do it and practice it. That's that's good. That's great advice. Now, I do have one other what? sneaky technique. Sneaky. Okay. Because we're going to have some people who are so in fear that no matter how nicely you handle it, they're still going to get offended. Yeah, they will. So I had a a manager recently come to me with this issue. He had somebody in his workplace that was talking about confidential information outside the office that was a big Uh no-no. But he said, I know this guy. If I come and directly approach him, he's going to deny it and he's going to get offended and it's going to blow up. Yeah. So I can't do it. What what else can I do? So my... This is what I call the encouragement technique. And basically, you decide what kind of behavior you want to see out of that person. And then you start thanking them for behaving that way, even though they're not doing it. Oh, really? That is tricky. So with this guy, they saw him walk down the hall. They kind of grabbed him and said, hey, Dave, can we just tell you? I appreciate so much that you're the one guy I never have to worry about sharing confidential information. There's other people I work, but I know you're my guy and I never have to worry about you. Thank you. Well, guess what? They never had a problem again because people want to live up to your Your highest opinion of them. That is tricky. So you can do this with your spouse. You can start telling him what a affectionate, yeah. wonderful husband he is. I appreciate you're, how you're touchy the luckiest guy, yeah. girl in the world that you have a husband that's just so aware of your needs. And and if you tell him that often enough, he'll actually kind of start seeing himself as that, that kind role. of person. Is that why you always tell me how well we pay you for these segments? <laughs> what, what a great yeah. plan. This is a good paying gig I've got going. You know, you that. keep saying that. <laughs> You keep saying, Kim, you're the best. Okay, free stuff. ClarityPointCoaching.com. That's where they can go get those forms you were All talking about. All of this stuff is on my resource page. Just go page. look it over. She's She writes a ton. There's just no end. Plus, there's weekly calls and... Free coaching calls, yeah. articles on lots of topics, anything we can do to help you. And go check out her book, Choosing Clarity, The Path to Fearlessness. Kimberly Giles is her name. ClarityPointCoaching.com is her game. You're the Thanks, best. Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Abby, for bringing your mom. 
Uh, we're going to take a break and come right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143. Welcome back, friends. That is the uh, hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show. Today, of course, we've been talking about difficult people. We're still joined by Kimberly Giles, the difficult person whisperer. (laughs) We like making up names for people. And, of course, Maddie Richards is now joining us. Speaking of difficult people, Maddie. I'm glad you're here. I made it. Yeah. And you made sure It wouldn't have been a difficult person show without you. I don't know what that meant. What did you mean by that? <laughs> I meant that, I mean, of anyone here, you, never mind. Anyway, we're going to be talking about some really important stuff today. Okay, what, what are we going to talk about now? We're going to talk about how to not be the difficult person. Well, first of all, situation. how do you know that you are? I think that comes with self-evaluation. I think most of them don't know. They don't know. They don't. And that's why we all better pay attention to that her today. Just that in that case. Us. Exactly. That's, right. that's why case. we're having this show. Because if any of yeah. these descriptions have fit you, wake up. You might hope. be a difficult person. It's true. And you probably don't know it. If and you're if you're a close talker, you might be a difficult person. And I We think, all might be a yeah. difficult person. I think everyone's difficult maybe in different situations. Sure. So it's important to take these tips okay. And apply them to yourself, yeah. whether or not you, you might be. Because we, we can all use some improvement, right? Oh, for right? sure. Absolutely. Let's go. What are, right. What's number one? Tip number one. Say thank you. Thank People you. can't be mad at you if you're a little bit – if you say please and thank you. That's right. It's, it's, it's easier to be – kind and to have people respond kindly to you if you are using polite manners thank you please excuse me things like that if you say move out of my way pal yeah you're move a difficult person yeah. yeah yeah so be nice boy i'm already let's failing. be nice i know matt never says thank you i do so much for this show thank you oh you're so welcome matt all right the you're next welcome. one don't gossip yes i agree i feel like this is huge and especially for me, living in an apartment with six people, six mm. girls, mm. I might say, my mm. dad. Yeah. Gossip, the gossip central. The gossip flows. Yeah. And that's one way to cut down on being that negative, difficult, rude, toxic person. You tell everybody. If you're a gossiper, you're telling all of them that they're not safe. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's a sign that you have fear that you're not good enough, too. You have low self-esteem. Yeah. So exactly. if you're a gossiper, you need to work on your own self-image. Like everyone sometimes will make a comment, but you can say, oh, so-and-so is going through this in a kind mm-hmm. way. Like, she's really good at this, but she's been going through this lately, and it's made her kind of Give ornery. more insight. Maybe. Yeah, be, be kind about it. I think that it, it's all going to turn back to that at some point. But Thank you, Maddie. That was a good one. All right. You're welcome, Matt. Do you have another one? <laughs> Pay attention to people around you. I think this is huge. Being self-aware and being aware of the people around you together will combine to make you a much more pleasant person to be around. Then, Because there's, there's clues. You were giving that guy clues that he's a close talker because you were probably leaning back. Oh, I was putting a chair between <laughs> us as often as I could. He wasn't, he wasn't picking, picking up. up the hints. See, so. he was just – he ha- was – yeah. It's hard to be aware because a lot of times we're so caught up in our own mm-hmm. head that we just don't yeah, but that's see a, people. We have to work on that. But the data is – I always say that the information's there. 
all the information's there you need. You just need to start queuing in and keying See, in on it. People, are, right. people always say that, you know, other people are really hard to read. They're not hard to read. You just are choosing not to read it. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it instead of reading the yeah. situation. And you, if you take the time to analyze, okay, I wonder why this person's acting this way. Am I saying something hostile in right. return to them? Am I egging them on in any way? That's going to make you much more pleasant to be around. Thank you, Maddie. That was a good that one. That was a good one. <gasps> Thank You're you. welcome, Matt. Okay. This is this is getting freaky. Um, Just being <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Not trying to be difficult. <laughs> thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. And thank you, James, <laughs> for sitting next to Maddie. <laughs> thank you both. All right, next one. Give your time to what's important. Hmm. Taking the time to reevaluate your life, looking at what's important, and then giving your time to that is going to make you much more um, nice, much more kind to be around. If you're focusing on where you're going instead of the traffic all around you, you're right. not going to flip the guy off next to you. You're right. going to be nice to well, him. Well, I wouldn't e- anyway. I wouldn't either. Me either. I th- <laughs> James, James would. James, would. <laughs> James is the yep, guilty party. I think we know the difficult yeah. person. He's right there. And if you focus on your road, you're going to let others focus on theirs and reach their goals. That's cool. Well, so see, you're not going to be difficult for but them. That's, you know what? You just That's a Gilesism. That's a Kimberly Giles comment because uh, if I'm if I'm focused on me, I'm probably obsessed about my fears, my concerns. So if I get out of myself, give myself my time to other things, important things, other thoughts, and I know who I am and I have my clue of who I want to be in this world, then I can. So you're implying when I'm in fear, I'm focused on me. Mm-hmm. And the fastest way to get out of that is love, which mm-hmm. is focusing on other people. Exactly. So you say it so eloquently. Yeah. yeah I, have a, I have a roommate that's not very good at this. and I hope Not she... to gossip. We're no, not gossiping. I'm using a, an example yeah, as it's important to take yourself, focus on you. But also be aware of the other people. Don't muddle yourself in their business. I agree. Can I just say, Abby's really good at this. Is she? Uh, Abby, for a who teenager, sits so quietly back I've here. never had a teenager who comes in and says, "Mom, how was your day? Are you okay? Do you need anything?" She does that. Today, she saw me coaching someone on the phone, and, and my mouth was dry. She comes walking in with water without me asking. Are you kidding? She's a teenager who pays attention. Why didn't you Isn't take her cool? to Puerto Rico for I crying know. out loud? <laughs> that girl, Abby, you deserve a trip. Seriously. If you loved your daughter. I'm pretty good to her, though, I think. <laughs> okay. Just give her some water. That's a good start. That's give us another one, one Maddie. All right. By the way, thank you for the last one. That was a good one. Oh, you're welcome, Matt. I have two more for okay. you guys. First one, let go of the unneeded. We have lots of clutter in our life, and um, it will make you move slower and make you feel like you're not accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish making you difficult to be around. So the more time you spend focusing on getting rid of the things that are unnecessary, not focusing, this is kind of like giving your time to what's important, but right. also eliminating the things that can distract you mm-hmm. from what's what's important. That's cool. Not getting caught up in every little offense and everything any, everybody yeah. says too. Exactly. We, and keeping score and like, yeah, oh. let a lot of stuff. Let It'll let you adjust to new environments, to not be so stressed out when you enter a different situation. It'll help you... Be more pleasant in those new situations. Just Brilliant. all of that combined. That's great. Yeah. Number, what's your last one? My last one for us today is don't talk bad about yourself. And this mm. is huge. Why? People don't like hearing how bad you how are. How bad you are. It yeah. makes them think negatively about you. 
And if you are willing to talk bad about yourself, they think, oh, she'll probably Plus she she's probably just a negative well, and you're person. You're kind of fishing. Uh, a lo- exactly. Yeah. Often fishing for great. sympathy, love, which mm-hmm. doesn't make people respect no. you. No. Not at all. Not at all. See? And it, it just makes, you know, if you can just be self-aware. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this. To not be such a toxic person. To be aware of you, the direction you're going, and how you're getting there is affecting everyone else around you. And I think that's something we don't focus on as much because we're so caught up in focusing on the things we need to do rather than on the person we are trying to become. Maddie Richards. You nailed it. I did. Well done. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank James, you. for running the board. Thank, thank you, you Kim. Kimberly. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you, Maddie, for bringing your mommy and getting her some, I mean, Abby, for bringing your mommy and giving so much time to all of us to make fun and have fun with you. You're beautiful. <laughs> Keep giving your mom water. Keep her hydrated. Uh, by the way, a quote for you. Character is how you treat those who can do nothing for you. I think that's an unknown author. But uh, tomorrow we won't be here. We've been preempted by BYU commencement exercises. But keep listening to us. We'll be back. We'll be back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.